It's week 39 of A Year of Wisdom. Let's get to reading. Day 273. Joke 41 and 42. Can you pull Leviathan in with a hook or tie down his tongue with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he beg you for mercy or speak to you softly? Will he make a covenant with you to take him as a slave for life? Can you pet him like a bird or put him on a leash for your maidens? Will traders barter for him or divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his hide with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? If you lay a hand on him, you will remember the battle and never repeat it. Surely hope of overcoming him is false. Is not the sight of him overwhelming? No one is so fierce as to rouse Leviathan. Then who's able to stand against me? Who's given to me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven is mine. I cannot keep silent about his limbs, his power and graceful form. Who can strip off his outer coat? Who can approach him with bridle? Who can open his jaws ringed by his fearsome teeth? His rows of scales are his pride tightly sealed together. One scale is so near to another that no air can pass between them. They're joined to one another. They clasp and cannot be separated. His snorting flashes with light and his eyes are like rays of dawn. Firebrands stream from his mouth. Fiery sparks shoot forth. Smoke billows from his nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. His breath sets coals ablaze and flames pour from his mouth. Strength resides in his neck and dismay leaps before him. The folds of his flesh are tightly joined. They are firm and movable. His chest is as hard as a rock, as hard as a lower millstone. When Leviathan rises up, the mighty are terrified. They withdraw before his thrashing. The sword that reaches him has no effect, nor does the spear or dart or arrow. He regards iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. No arrow can make him flee. Sling stones become like chaff to him. A club is regarded as straw, and he laughs at the sound of the lance. His undersides are jagged potsherds, spreading out the mud like a threshing sledge. He makes the depths seethe like a cauldron. He makes the sea like a jar of ointment. He leaves a glistening wake behind him. One would think the deep had white hair. Nothing on earth is his equal, a creature devoid of fear. He looks down on all the haughty. He's king over all the proud. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things and that no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that conceals my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall inform me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I retract my words, and I repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and your two friends. 
for you have not spoken about me accurately as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job, and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. Then my servant Job will pray for you, for I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite went and did as the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's request. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his prosperity and doubled his former possessions. All his brothers and sisters and prior acquaintances came and dined with him in his house. They consoled him and comforted him over all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job's latter days more than his first. He owned 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. He named his first daughter Yamima, his second Kitsia, and his third Karen Hapuch. No women as beautiful as Job's daughters could be found in all the land, and their father granted them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died old and full of years. Proverbs 30 and 31 These are the words of Agur, son of Yekeh, the burden that this man declared to Ithael. I am weary, O God, and worn out. Surely I am the most ignorant of men, and I lack the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, and I have no knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his hands? Who has bound up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is the name of his son? Surely you know. Every word of God is flawless. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and prove you a liar. Two things I ask of you, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the bread that is my portion. Otherwise, I may have too much and deny you, saying, Who is the Lord? Or... I may become poor and steal, profaning the name of my God. Do not slander a servant to his master, or he will curse you and you will bear the guilt. There is a generation of those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There is a generation of those who are pure in their own eyes and yet unwashed of their filth. There is a generation, how haughty are their eyes and pretentious are their glances. There is a generation whose teeth are swords and whose jaws are knives, devouring the oppressed from the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters, give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied for that never say enough. Sheol, the barren womb, land never satisfied with water, and fire that never says enough. As for the eye that mocks a father and scorns obedience to a mother, may the ravens of the valley pluck it out, and young vultures devour it. 
There are three things too wonderful for me and four that I cannot understand. The way of an eagle in the sky. The way of a snake on a rock. The way of a ship at sea. And the way of a man with a maiden. This is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done nothing wrong. Under three things the earth trembles. Under four it cannot bear up. A servant who becomes king. A fool who is filled with food. An unloved woman who marries. And a maidservant who supplants her mistress. Four things on earth are small, yet they are exceedingly wise. The ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in summer. The rock badgers are creatures of little power, yet they make their homes in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in formation. And the lizard can be caught in one's hands, yet it is found in the palaces of kings. There are three things that are stately in their stride, and four that are impressive in their walk. A lion, mighty among beasts, refusing to retreat before anything. A strutting rooster, a he-goat, and a king with his army around him. If you have foolishly exalted yourself, or if you've plotted evil, put your hand over your mouth. For as the churning of milk yields butter, and the twisting of the nose draws blood, so the stirring of anger brings forth strife. These are the words of King Lemuel, the burden that his mother taught him. What shall I say, O my son? What, O son of my womb? What, O son of my vows? Do not spend your strength on women or your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to crave strong drink lest they drink and forget what is decreed, depriving all the oppressed of justice. Give strong drink to one who is perishing, and wine to the bitter in soul. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for those with no voice, for the cause of all the dispossessed. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the poor and needy. A wife of noble character, who can find? She's far more precious than rubies. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She rises while it is still night to provide food for her household and portions for her maidservants. She appraises a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and shows that her arms are strong. She sees that her gain is good and her lamp is not extinguished at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for they are all clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gate, where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the days to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband praises her as well. Many daughters have done noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her at the gates. And as always, thank you so much for being here today. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button right there. And I will see you tomorrow in a new translation. Maranatha. You'll carry me out of the storm I'm standing at the crossroads I'm lost without a clue I need a big pink neon sign To show me what to do I thank you, Lord It glorifies you when You're the only answer I praise you, Lord, for holding what's too much for me. And I'm amazed by you, Lord, because nothing's too big and nothing's too small to lay at your feet.